everybody you're listening to can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll and sb nation lakers community you can find us over at silverscreenandroll.com or on social at lakers sbn my name is christian rebus and i'm joined as always by grant goldberg grant how are you doing today good good i'm i'm hoping this podcast doesn't fizzle out t- towards the end and you know we narrowly hang on to get it posted so you know hopefully it goes better than the lakers fourth quarter against the mavericks <laughs> yeah and that that i'm i'm glad you mentioned that because it, i was a little conflicted about how to feel about the win last night because man it, it a win is a win at the end of the day i mean they they they're 3 and 5 in the win or they they have three wins in the win column now it's better than being 2 and 6 but man what a way to win it's almost I feel guilty feeling good about it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those wins where you need to take a shower after and just like kind of like shake your head, rub your eyes, and and really try to think of if if it's real life almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I wouldn't say that the Lakers were undeserving to win the game because clearly they did enough and uh, they got by by the skin of their teeth. But you know. It, it, it came down to kind of the last five minutes where the effort level was just super low, and uh, it's really not the kind of basketball you want to see them playing, and uh, it's not the basketball they want to play. And so, yeah, it, it definitely it definitely didn't feel like you know the Lakers put their best foot forward at the end of the fourth quarter, but luckily they were able to do enough during the rest of the game to get the job done. Yeah, because the Mavericks in the fourth quarter outscored them 32-20. to 20. I mean... The, the Lakers were dominating them the entire game, and then out of nowhere, that they just fizzled out. I mean, the, the effort was not there. And obviously, LeBron can't do it on his own, but when you have LeBron James on the court, that's not something you expect. Yeah, definitely. Um, when and, and especially with LeBron on the court, it's like people expect him to carry the whole entire load and you know that's kind of something that he's earned over over his whole career but uh it's it's definitely not fair to put the entire load on LeBron James and you have young guys who are capable who have shown they're capable in the past that just need to find their footing and uh need to uh assimilate themselves with LeBron a little more in the fourth quarter to to when he takes it on all on uh, all on his own and then when he uh, defers to someone else. So I think it'll come with time. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the the full responsibility in the fourth quarter should come down to LeBron James. I was impressed, or sorry, I was surprised, rather, by the, the effort the Mavericks came out with last night because I don't think they're a, they're a bad ball club. I think, I think no. they have a few decent pieces, namely Luka Doncic, who didn't wake up until really the fourth quarter and almost led that comeback for the Mavericks. What did you think? What did you think about the Mavericks, Grant? Yeah, uh, I don't know if Luca was on uh, Spain time still, <laughs> or or I don't know what it was, but you know, he he is probably their most impressive player uh, out of their young guys. I mean, I I guess their young guys are just him and and, and Dennis, Dennis Smith Junior. Yeah, but uh, I, I I I guess of the two, then yeah, he is the most impressive one. Uh, when you just look at his game and you watch him play, he always seems like he's in control. 
his shot selection is super is super select and, and precise and calculated and uh, his game is just so aesthetically pleasing to watch uh, whether he's shooting threes or you know has a floater down the lane or he's setting someone up uh, like DeAndre Jordan's rim run he had a you know pinpoint pass to set that up uh, and it was just impressive watching him uh, especially after Brandon Ingram doing such a good job on him in the second in the first half for him to have that second uh, second half uh, I wouldn't say explosion but impressive second half uh, I think that just you can chalk it up to his experience as a basketball player already and uh, just to how polished his game is and and uh, he was pretty much unfazed after a bad first half you got to have that short memory and you know it looks like he did and he, I was really impressed watching him play against the Lakers and part of the reason he was able to go off was because Brandon Ingram once again got into early foul trouble he had five fouls in the fourth quarter and you know once he was out of the game Luca was able to do more things with the ball things that he's been able to do this season when not facing guys that are like you know the human version of slender man um <laughs> I think the, the I I don't know what to make of Brandon Ingram picking up fouls so much I don't know if it's him being undisciplined on offense or him getting accustomed to the rules the NBA introduced this season yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's definitely tough for him being, you know, taken out of the lineup for, you know, four games and having to you know, kind of get back in the groove of things and, and not miss a beat. And offensively, he looks like that. Defensively, for the most part, he looks like that. But, you know, I, I think that you know, it's it's especially tough for young players. Uh, he's still only 21. And so I, I guess, like, it... It, I don't know if it's unfair for me to expect him to come to, into his own in terms of staying out of foul trouble and playing, you know, elite level defense and being a, you know, creator on offense and a scorer yeah. on offense. And so it's it's a lot to manage. Uh, it, and I, I made the same point about Josh Hart a few weeks ago. I don't know where I was talking about it, but uh, you know, we saw uh, when the when the season started, Josh Hart's defense was not really up to snuff. Mm-hmm. But his offense, he was carrying a lot more of the load, and that was just in the first few games. But I think we're seeing some of that with Brandon Ingram. He's, you know, he's asked to do so much on the floor for the Lakers that you know something's going to fall by the wayside. And I think we're seeing that it's the it's his ability to stay out of foul trouble. And you know, my favorite thing that's come of Brandon Ingram's foul trouble is uh, Lonzo Ball dressed up as Batman, <laughs> telling Brandon Ingram, yeah. "Stay out of foul trouble." Yeah, that was like that was phenomenal. The best. Yeah, uh, how sick do you think Mark Cuban was? Watching JaVale go off uh, while, I mean, making the veterans minimum while DeAndre Jordan gets a max contract uh, and is outshined by our knight in shining armor, JaVale McGee, uh, who put up 16 points, uh, 15 rebounds, and five blocks. Five of them. If not for JaVale McGee, I think that the Lakers don't win that game. Um, He's just been really, really impressive to start the year. I don't think we can say enough good things about JaVale McGee uh if we want to be nitpicky it's you know some of the way he's being used uh the frequency of him being posted up in this offense I I don't get that I think that's the that's the source of of some of the trouble in the half court offense and you know I think you know hopefully soon they see that it's not working it's not producing like they you know would imagine and so they go away from that but you know when he's being used properly uh, he's roving the floor and, and getting this, uh, getting these block numbers, and he's running the floor on offense and, and getting easy shots, uh, easy dunks. Um, 
I think Lonzo had a really, really great pass to him down the lane, and he just f- took off from almost the free throw line. Yeah, that line. was insane. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm just so impressed by him, and, and he's been playing well since he was in Golden State, but he didn't have the role. And I think playing with you know so many elite creators like LeBron, like Lonzo, like Rondo, that he's just been able to he's like it's out of buffet he's out of buffet i yeah, think he mentioned that he did yeah and so yeah that's why i keep going back to that but i i love javel mcgee i don't think there's you know anything that we can say or anything that he can do right now uh, on the floor on the floor to change my opinion yeah he's he's been phenomenal and fun fact from our friends at lakers media relations he's the first laker to put up at least 15 points 15 rebounds and five blocks since Pau Gasol in Chicago in 2014. Pretty... Two Lakers legends. Yeah, two, exactly. Two of them are going to have their jerseys retired one day. Well, no. I mean, hold on. I, I I would want JaVale to change his number first so Lamar Odom can get his jersey retired. That You're absolutely right. Right. But, you no, know, maybe they'll have, like, a 7A, 7B with LO and JaVale. Yeah, because Lamar didn't... Uh, didn't wear a different jersey number at all. He didn't pull a Kobe while he was with the Lakers. He was he was seven the entire time. No, he, but like Lamar could have. Like yeah. if anybody's <laughs> gonna get away with him, I think you know he could have. Uh, Powell could have, and so like maybe we'll go talk to Lamar and be like, hey, like we want to retire a number, but Javale McGee is just so fantastic. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a, an Eddie Jones situation where he has to change his number from twenty five <laughs> to six. I don't know. We're getting way yeah. too into this. <laughs> So Luke mentioned something after the game that I think kind of clears up why the Lakers have been losing close games in the fourth quarter. And he said that, you know, as important as winning games is, particularly to his job, because we saw what happened with uh, Tyron Lue last week, um, winning games is important, but he's looking at long-term big picture he wants to be able to have a group of guys on the floor that can finish games. And that's why they're just not throwing the ball to LeBron James in the fourth quarter with two minutes left and allowing him to take over. What do you feel? How do you feel about that philosophy? And do you think, you know, it, it's the right direction for him to go? I think it, it really is the right direction to go. And, you know, I'll elaborate on it just a little bit so I can hear your thoughts on it a little more. Um, it's it's smart for the reason that this team isn't looking at champion the championship or bust absolutely yeah and so it's going to be in the coming seasons when they can hopefully get that you know second superstore superstar or um you know one of the young kids can turn into that second superstar but you know i think you know in the long term it's it's great to develop those guys and and get them ready for the eventuality that they get to the playoffs and they get to these championship moments and they're ready. They're, they're ready for these grueling regular season games and, and pl- games where they're playing for playoff seating. And so, yeah, this is definitely the right approach to take. I know, I know that you have LeBron James in your back pocket and you can use them whenever and they tried to, and they've tried to, and they have, and sometimes they won, but you know, for the most part, they've struggled in the fourth quarter of the season, but it's good to have these get these kids battle tested. I think it goes, and I hate this like phrase, but it goes to like an old school mentality that you know you have to like be 
re- like war ready like you have to be yeah. ready for these situations you have to be you know weathered and and i think that you know them having roles to play in the fourth quarter instead of just giving the ball to lebron and, and just standing off to the side or and it's similar to you know giving the ball to kobe and getting out of his way you know i think that having you know them go through these things and and you know have trial and error and and, and fail at some point to kind of just get them to the point where they are prepared and they are ready and if the if the case comes where they need to you know produce in the fourth quarter they'll be able to get called on but christian i'm i'm looking to hear what you think about this this quote from luke and if you share the same opinion yeah i think even in the short term it's a really good move by luke because i i think we saw last season with the Cavs. there's only so much lebron james can do there's only so much like lebron james can carry a team i think if if they're gonna make any noise in the playoffs which i think they have a chance to do they're gonna have to have uh, you know the best version of brandon ingram possible the best version of kyle kuzma josh hart lonzo ball uh and i think the only way to do that is to get them these experience early in the season in games that you know in the in the win wins and loss columns matter but in the grand scheme of things uh i think i i have more faith in them putting it together at the end of the season or midway through the season um you know february games are different than games now so I think even in the short term, it's a really good play. And even more so, next summer, the Lakers are looking at pairing LeBron James with another superstar free agent. And as great as that would be, and I, you know, everybody's rooting for the Lakers to, you know, whether it be Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, uh, they're going to want those guys, but they still have these really talented players on rookie contracts. Just because you have that second star doesn't mean you automatically stop playing these guys. So if you can get, you know, uh, three or four reliable guys on rookie contracts, if not just one, you're in a really good spot on a two superstar team. And I think Luke realizes that my only concern is I don't know if the front office feels the same way. I don't know if they're on board with the whole uh, we can win later. Let's just let's focus on developing these kids yeah and i think that you know we got to they're obviously going to factor in lebron's opinion you know whether he thinks the kids are ready and he's okay with running it with them Uh, but i i think you know generally they're going to you know have sites on you know max guys obviously they're going to try to get meetings but i don't think it'll be the end of the world i think that you know maybe it'll have an influence on the end of lebron's third year uh, if they're not able to bring anybody in, uh, and Definitely. he says, okay, then, you know, the time is over here. Like, we tried. We tried to get another guy to come, and it just didn't work out. And then maybe he goes back to Cleveland. Maybe he retires. We don't know what the situation is yeah. going to be by the end of this third year when he has the, the player option. But, you know, um, I love the kids. Uh, I think that they're going to blossom into really great players, whether they're going to be superstars. You know, that's really, you know, up in the air right now. I think Lonzo is the best complimentary player for superstars. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Brandon Ingram has that superstar uh, potential, I think. So it, it's, it's like I said, it's up in the air, and it's, it's hard to tell right now. But them going through the situations, it's going to get prepared for them for those big moments. And I'd rather them fail now than fail uh, in February, fell in April, May, or possibly even June at some yeah. point in their careers. Fingers crossed, man. Uh, I think last show we talked about um, the Brandon Ingram's fit 
next to LeBron James and Brandon Ingram, uh, as you noted, and I share the, the same feelings that of the guys they put together, he has the best shot of being, you know, a top 15, 20 player in the league one day. Uh, and I think yesterday was a promising sign for showing, you know, how Ingram fits next to LeBron in the short term. I mean, obviously, if, if he's a great player, you're going to find minutes for him on the floor regardless. But you have to be a certain type of player to play alongside LeBron James. And I thought he made really nice strides in that direction uh, against Dallas. Yeah, and we saw some points where you know he you know had the ball the whole possession and he created his own shots. He hit a couple tough uh, turnaround fadeaway jumpers too, and you know that kind of goes to him you know playing the two guard, which I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, later on in the show. But we saw him just with a lot of poise, and the and you know poise is a big part of that. And poise, you know, going back to what we just talked about, is going to get you ready for that moment. And you know we saw we saw him you know shoot the ball well. We saw him create well. And then just the foul trouble is what has to come along. Um, but I think, you know, Brandon Ingram, you know, if he's shouldering some of the load offensively, it's going to be great for LeBron's legs and, you know, keeping him fresh and for the possibility of the playoffs. And I know we're only in November now, but, you know, it's it's to the point where, you know, you got to be cognizant of these things all year. He's, uh, LeBron spends millions of dollars every year on his body, keeping him fresh. And if the Lakers can help him, just uh in game then that's going to be you know a big relief for him and it's going to keep him fresh and he's not going to feel that pressure to have to have the entire load for not only the fourth quarter but the whole game so you know Brandon Ingram I think you know like you just said uh he he showed he can be a good fit with LeBron uh right now and and hopefully that'll grow it'll blossom to them being you know not only a good fit but a really potent attack on both ends of the floor and that'll require LeBron playing, you know, trying hard on defense. But yeah, uh, yeah but they, they'll have the capability of, you know, if they have to, you know, get into the postseason and LeBron turns on that defensive switch, then yeah, they're going to be a potent two-way attack. Yeah, and and let let's take a little minute to talk about LeBron James because he was, I, I think, uh, for the first time this season, just dominant against the Mavericks and again it was the Mavericks it was against Harrison Barnes who he knows well uh and Barnes knows him well as well because <laughs> he cooked him in the finals that year but um he was really really good and I think people were you know fans were waiting to see that from LeBron to see him just look outright dominant because um by all accounts he's been very good this season I think he he's looked like um LeBron James but last night was the first time this season I thought like oh my goodness LeBron James is on our team because he looked like the clear best player on the floor by a lot yeah and I think dominant is the right word and because he has been so good this year um but I'd agree he hasn't looked like he's just dominating and taking what he wants at will from the defense and so it's it's so it's so great to watch that and think, oh yeah, that guy's playing for our team. That guy's leading our team to the win. And so, yeah, LeBron James, I think he he showed how easy it is for him to play basketball and and for him to play basketball well against some of the best players in the world. Um, just some of the passes that he has. 
uh, whipping it cross court to Brandon Ingram for three, uh, setting up Lonzo Ball with a bullet pass that he's barely able to catch and put it in the rim. But it's it's almost like it's I'm not gonna say effortless for him because obviously, like I just said, he spends millions of dollars on his body to you know prepare himself to play. But you know, it just looks like it comes to him so naturally, and nothing's ever really forced unless he takes a really bad shot. But it was just so fun to watch him because he looked like he was enjoying dominating the Mavericks. Like, we saw him pull up from the logo last night. And so, you know, and it didn't go in. But, you know, it's it's those fu- it's those shots that are just so fun to watch. And just to see him in such a groove, it's it's a complete joy. And I can't over- I can't overstate how great it is to have him on your roster. And, and you know, when people say, oh, yeah, they got LeBron. You know, you have a chance at the playoffs. You have a chance for a championship. You know, these kind of performances are what they're talking about. And, you know, we're seeing him, you know, go out there and, and do his thing on a nightly basis. But, yeah, I'd say last night was one of the one of the few games this season where we say, okay, like he's, you know, absolutely the best player on the planet. There's no debate in that. And he's, you know, so, you know, phenomenal in everything he does on the floor. And so, yeah, I, I'm super excited and I can't talk about LeBron enough. <laughs> and, I, and I think the reason he was able – to dominate the way he was last night was because his shot was falling. I mean, he w- he shot 66.7% from the three-point line, granted on only three attempts. But I think when his shot is falling, it makes it so hard for de- defenses to cover him because I think so far this season, teams are comfortable letting him shoot because of the way he shot you know, in the preseason and carried, carrying on to this season. It's a little bit how... Uh, defenses used to play him. Uh, they they gave him that shot, and you know, as long as he didn't take it out, take it in the paint, they could live with that shot. But you know, as LeBron gets that shot to fall, as he feels more comfortable shooting the ball, uh, he's going to look more like the LeBron everybody's seen the last few years than uh, what he's looked like so far. Yeah, and make no mistake, he can get past defenders without you know. Uh, ahead of steam Mm -hmm. but you know when he's hitting that shot and guys are you know playing you know super up close down and and uh they don't they don't have to sag off of him you know he can get by them like that you know and it it doesn't take him very long to recognize that on the floor and and you know pinpoint where he wants to attack the defender but you know even i'd say the two most entertaining plays last night was you know him hitting the first three on one wing and then hitting the next three on the other yeah, wing. Back like that to back. Was, yeah, back to back. And then that's what sparked him to come down the floor and pull up from the loco. Yeah. But uh, it was it was just so fun to watch. And I think that LeBron, you know, he he can provide those kind of plays where it's highlights from any any spot on the floor, whether it's a ninety foot uh, outlet pass or it's a deep three pointer, it's a you know a dunk where he takes off from nearly the free throw line. It's it's endless. And you know when. We, we can talk about you know anything LeBron does, and it'll possibly be the best that anybody can do in the NBA. <laughs> uh, was that the first LeBron heat check of the season? Probably, probably <laughs> the most the most fun yeah. heat check of the season, I'd say. Definitely. starting lineup which is crazy because last show I feel like we were talking about the Lakers new starting lineup but they have a new new starting lineup 
uh, which features Lonzo Ball at point guard, Brandon Ingram at the two, LeBron at the three, Kyle Kuzma at the four, and JaVale McGee at the five. Um, in, in their first game together, it didn't look like it gelled too well. But uh, last night against the Mavericks, it looked like everything clicked. What stood out to you from that lineup uh, that you really liked about it? Um, I don't. I don't want to you know be a dead horse or you know be repetitive on the show, but I think Brandon Ingram at the two presents the Lakers with a lot of different looks and opportunities. Yeah. Uh, he can use his length in so many different ways, uh, scoring over guys or you know causing havoc defensively. We saw him really dominate that matchup with Doncic in the first half. And, you know, I think we can see more of that as the season progresses. And I think we actually, you know, we, we threw out that lineup as, like, sort of a possibility last show. Yeah, uh, that, that, was, ball... that was your suggestion. And I, I credit you for, for, uh, for throwing that out there because I, I thought, um, you know, I thought, I thought uh, Kuzma would move to the bench and Hart stays in the starting lineup. But uh, good on you for, for your foresight. <laughs> Yeah, I spoke it into existence. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it presents the Lakers with a lot of looks. Um, and when you have two elite playmakers in LeBron and Lonzo, you know, it provides opportunities for McGee. It provides uh, opportunities for Kuzma, who you know proves to be, I think, the most natural fit with LeBron. And uh, Lonzo and LeBron are able to find him on cuts or find him on in spot up opportunities. And so there's there's a lot of stuff to like there's a lot of different dynamics to it um and it's and it's a lot of reliable players you know it's not guys that can just do you know a couple things and then you know they don't have much other use for the team Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's guys that are multifaceted it's guys that are going to set up your offense and then um you know execute and and go on the other end of the floor and you know have ability on that end and so it it's just it's so dynamic and it has a lot of variance and I, I really like this lineup and hopefully the Lakers keep going to it. Um, I, I don't think there's much, there's much else you can, you can really think to do in terms of starting lineups that'll get you these kind of results and this kind this type of effectiveness. Yeah. And I, I think it also resulted in the bench shortening a little, a little bit because you had all five starters played above, 30 minutes I think correct me if I'm wrong for the first time this season and I think that's that's a step in the right direction that's what that's what starters are for that's your your best five man unit on the floor that you want to play and I I think like I said for the first time this season I think Luke did that but I think because of that the bench suffered a little bit I mean the their sixth man last night who played the most minutes off the bench was Contavious Caldwell Pope. And, you know, he wasn't as bad as he's been all season, but I think the Lakers are going to struggle to find that spark plug off the bench or some semblance of, you know, uh, cohesiveness with that second unit, in part because, like the new starters, they're a brand-new unit. They're a new five-man unit playing together for the first time. Um but also because their their fits are are just a little clunky. I mean, uh, they have four guards off the bench that all need playing time in theory in Caldwell Pope, Rondo, Hart, Lance. Uh, and, you know, to, to get them all on the floor, because I think on any given night they can provide something, uh, is important. I just don't know how Luke does it. 
Yeah, I, I have a two letter a two word solution to this kind of problem on the bench, and that's Nick Young, <laughs> um, <laughs> or or I could say Swaggy P. That'd be yeah. applicable too. Nicholas um, Aaron Young, Swaggy P. But yeah, um, no. I, besides Nick Young, I think that the Lakers, you know, they're gonna have to kind of do some shuffling when it comes to the second unit. You found the starters. You found the five best players that fit well together that give you results and i think that continuity is really important and and you mentioned it them playing over 30 minutes together and it is a step in the right direction you want the continuity and it's easier on luke to not have to you know try to manage rotations and and find the best fit till so you uh sorry so find the best fit and um you're gonna you're gonna have more opportunity to find what fits for the second unit after that starting lineup so hopefully everything falls together uh, Lance Stevenson probably thinks that he's the solution to it, um, but yeah, I, I think that you know when when you have a guy like Hart, um, obviously he has the most potential out of all the bench players, and you probably want to run things through him a little bit more. But then you also counteract that by having guys like Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson that have the ball in the hands and try yeah. to make things happen on their own. A little and too so, long, if you ask me. A little too long. They right. They're dribbling the ball, and and so things don't produce. Like the pre- things don't get produced like organically on the offense. Like things just don't happen on a thin air. Ball movement doesn't you know happen on a thin mm-hmm. air. We saw a couple plays, uh, especially last night where I think it was, the ball was inbounded. Uh, There's one pass. Rondo took a dribble, passed it down to Stevenson. He hit a three. And so those are the plays you want. Those are the looks you want. But we're just not seeing that all too often on the on the Lakers second unit. And I think once we see, you know, that kind of ball movement and those kind of quick shot selections so, you know, they can get as many looks as possible, then that's going to be where the second unit flourishes most. But and, and there's also the point that the Lakers don't have a backup center that's really, really reliable. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Williams can be, you know, can produce in spot minutes. But, you know, you're not putting him out there for, you know, 25 minutes a night. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, and, and so, I, I think the most alarming thing about their position at center right now is, um, you know, the the light at the end of the tunnel right now is when Mo Wagner, rookie Mo Wagner, gets back from assignment. He was with the team against Dallas, didn't play, uh, but his return is on the horizon. But when you're, you know, when you're relying on your rookie two-way guy to have a big night or you know, the your rookie center that you picked with the 25 pick in the draft uh, to to be the savior of your, you know, your front court depth. It's not a great position to be in. And I'll be interested to see if, you know, the Lakers address that in the near future or they're just really high on Mo Wagner, which I'm really high on Mo Wagner, too. But in his rookie year, I don't know if he should be the answer for their front court woes. Yeah, and I and I think another two word solution to that, and this is probably a little more unrealistic due to the player, uh, is Robin Lopez is a guy that you know I would love to have on the Lakers, but yeah. you know, I don't know if they want to tamper with uh, with Javale's fit with the current starting five <laughs> and and how. No, this is a legitimate <laughs> concern. For I, me. I, I'm laughing because. Who would have thought that almost 10 right. games into the season, we were talking about uh, another center messing with JaVale McGee's minutes. Right. And I don't know if, you know, Robin Lopez would like to be in that, you know, second big role, like the, the first big off the bench. I don't know if he'd you know, like to be in that role at this point of his career. And especially with 
JaVale playing the way that he is. I don't know if it's sustainable over 82 game season, but mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely been reliable over uh, these these first eight games. And I think that you know, once once they find a solution for uh, a backup center, things will be a little bit easier for Luke Walton and and to just have more reliable players. And this is obviously like the best case scenario. And it's obviously easy for me to say, Oh yeah, just get better players and get more reliable players. Then it'll be easier. I mean, on that's, what, that's what magic Johnson did this summer. He's like, Oh, I'm going to go get a superstar. I have uh, I have the money to do it now. So I'm going to do it. So I, I think if anybody can just look at the NBA and say, Oh, uh, I want him. It's, it's magic Johnson. Yeah. And, and get, you know, find $500,000, for doing it I, i'm still waiting for uh any potential tampering fines to come from that uh fox sports broadcast before the oh, world yeah. series and that, uh, that's wh- the closest thing he could have done and if he got fined if he got fined for winking him saying i like that when he sees a picture of lebron james and kevin durant that. oh yeah man i it's only uh it's only a matter of time yeah, I I don't know, but but Magic Johnson will will obviously do something. Whether it's you know the right thing and something does work out, then obviously that's super great and we'll be happy. But you know there's there's a lot of potential for you know them to try to get another backup center and it to fizzle out and us to be stuck stuck in that same situation. So it'll 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 come with time and and time will tell uh, what the Lakers do. But you know for right now, I'm just happy that they got their starting five worked out. Absolutely. Well, guys, that is our show. Uh, with thanks for listening as always, and some good news. If you don't like for some reason listening to uh, our podcast on iTunes, we're also available on Google Podcasts as of yesterday, uh, and you can also listen to us on Spotify and Art Nineteen, uh, where our podcast is hosted. All right, guys, until next time, we will see you. You can follow me on Twitter at RadRebus, or you can follow Grant on Twitter at Grant Goldberg. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next time.